this morning I would like to speak with you about a subject that I hope you weren't going to plan to participate in in the next half hour. Any ideas uh, what people sometimes do in church that they shouldn't? Daydream? Sometimes they've got a night dream during the day, don't they? Sleep. I'd like to think with you of of sleep. And I've got the message kind of in two different parts. Uh, some time ago I was at a at a minister's study time and they were talking about preaching and the the sufficiency, you know, we often think that sermons need to be one topic focused and really drilled down. And he said, you know, if you look at the, the sermons that we have in Scripture, most of them actually are pretty broad. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addressed a lot of topics. Well, I'm going to be looking at sleep, but it's actually two different parts. And so the an overall title perhaps to be sleep, good or bad, question. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 12 has this to say. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So part one would be sweet sleep. How many of you would have thought of sleep being sweet? I enjoy it, but I don't know how to put that word to it. But Scripture does here. And if you consider sleep sweet, then you must know how to work. You must know how to get tired. It also must mean that you don't have too many things that you worry about that you can't sleep. Because that's the second part of this, says the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Sleep is a blessing. A blessing that I take for granted maybe too often. To be able to lie down and, and rest and recharge. And unlike machines, we can't run all the time. But when we work, we exercise ourselves mentally or physically. We need that, that time of, of rest. Asleep. Psalm chapter 4, or the fourth psalm, number of verses there that lead up to this idea of, of sleep again. Psalm 4, beginning in verse 5. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine is increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. When you lie down, at night, 
What do you think about? Do you worry about the future? Do you contemplate the day? Do you see God's hand and do you exercise faith and trust? This psalm speaks of the presence of God being more important and more uh, giving us a sense of satisfaction more than temporal physical blessings that the, the wicked may rejoice in. And because we can trust the Lord, we can have faith that is rewarded in peace and the ability to sleep. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 19 and following says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding he hath established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked, when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Again, a reminder that as we seek the face of God for wisdom and guidance, we're assured of his care and protection. We're called here to meditate on the wisdom of God. Look at creation. Look at how he has created things. The, the tremendous wisdom that is evident, abundantly evident in all of creation and the power that it took to bring it to, have, to pass. Not only to create the earth, but to sustain it. If God can do these awesome works like speaking the world into existence and sustaining it, he will also be able to provide for our needs, to keep us. Even in times of, well, it was talked about this morning, good times and bad times, maybe the times we're fearful. Um, we have things that are uncertain about us, but because we know that God is over all, we can rest. As I thought of that, I had to think of an example of someone we looked at several months ago in, in a looking through Acts there. And Peter, when he was apprehended following James's execution, you remember that story? He was there in, in prison between a number of soldiers, knowing that he was to be going out the next day and very likely to be executed some way or another. And it says there in, in Acts chapter 12, verse 6, And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. And I see that in the midst of tremendous turmoil. He was able to lay down, sit up, whatever he was. He was able to sleep. 
And I see that because he had faith in God. He was able to have that sweet sleep of one at rest in peace. Another example is that of Jesus when he was on the ship in the sea that was raging. And his disciples came and woke him up and said, what are you doing? He was sleeping. He wasn't afraid. Experiencing the sweet sleep that God has, has provided for, our, for us. But we need to exercise ourselves in faith and trust. So sleep can be good. There's another aspect of sleep, and I'm going to call this superfluous sleep. Beyond what is required or sufficient or what is necessary. Proverbs has a lot to say about this. You can turn, if you like, to Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 3, excuse me, verse 13 says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. So here, sleep can be a snare. It can bring about poverty if it is overdone. In Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 11, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. The thought there is that if we are lazy, if we are not willing to work and provide, that our want, our our poverty will come as, as a thief. It will sneak up on us, and it will overtake us as a robber. And sleep is a wonderful thing, but too much or at the wrong time can have consequences. A little illustration of, of that. I have my wife's permission to share a little happening that demonstrates this idea of sleep at the wrong time. And she is not a sluggard, and she is diligent in gathering our meat in the season of summer and fall and putting things in the freezer and in jars. And the other week she was canning some ketchup and had several different canners going in a water bath situation there. And it was getting late, and she had one more set. They were on. One was outside on the on a gas burner, and one was inside on the stove. And finishing up some other things, they had a few minutes to go. And she just lay down in the bed for a minute or two until they were done. And she woke up five hours later. And what was in the kitchen, thankfully, was low enough that it wasn't terrible. What was on the deck was a charred mess. And yeah, it it was sleep. It was a good thing, but just at the wrong time. Proverbs 24 verses 30 to 34 
also speaking about sleep and its consequences, says in verse 30, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettled to cover the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well and looked upon it and received instruction. So he goes and he sees this vineyard, a garden, farm, something that takes upkeep, it takes diligence, it takes work. But the man, the owner thereof, perhaps he had inherited it. He was slothful. He would rather sit around, he would rather stay in bed than work. And it was a disaster. It says here that I, I looked on it, I considered it, and I received instruction. And the instruction was this, very same uh, wording as in chapter 6. It says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travels, and I want as an armed man. God knows that we need rest, but he expects us to diligently apply ourselves as well. It's a balance. Sleep can be good. Sleep can be bad. If it's overdone. Like so many things in life, it takes a balance. It takes wisdom, and it takes um, understanding what God would, would have us to do. We also know when we're being lazy, and sometimes some of us have a tendency to work too much. And we need to take time to rest so that we can, can do as we ought and work as we ought when we are awake. I had to think of Jesus' example of sacrificing sleep to pray in Mark chapter 1, if you care to turn there. In verse 29 of Mark 1, says, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. But Simon's wife, mother, lay sick of a fever. And anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her up by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. This was on a Sabbath afternoon. And then it says, And at even, when the sun did set... They brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. Someone pointed out the reason for this. This here, this was after sunset, being after the Sabbath had ended, then they felt free to bring their, their sick. What do you like to do in late June or early July when the sun sets? usually about 9 o'clock, right? Some of us are about ready for bed. But it looks like Jesus' work was just starting. All the city was gathered, a lot of people. And he healed many, verse 4, that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devil to speak because they knew him. I don't know what time he got to bed that night. The next verse says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. In their prayer. The challenge was that every time I consider the amount of time that Jesus took to pray and what he gave up and sleep, this is one instance, but I don't think it happened probably just once. 
willing to sacrifice to pray. As we think of sleep, one other thing to consider is that God does not sleep. In Psalm 121, beautiful passage, as we need sleep and we need to exercise our faith and trust as we sleep, Psalm 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So we can lie down and sleep knowing that God does not. Part two. Considering sleep. Are you sleepwalking? Scripture speaks about sleep, and it also speaks about being awake and sleeping in a spiritual sense. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33 and 34, To be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. This describes the condition of a person, asleep or awake. The implication here is that if you are awake, your heart will be turned toward God and you will be seeking to know him. You will have a knowledge and be seeking to grow in that knowledge. But if you are asleep, you will be associating with people that will drag you down, will influence you to sin. Sleep or awake. Your salvation at its core is really a proper response to a growing knowledge of God. Knowledge of God correlates with being awake. But in John 17, verse 3, it says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Think of being awake, having knowledge of God. I have an object here that is making what? Children, what is what could you call this right now? If it's a dark night and you need to go out and find your toy that you left out under the tree, uh, maybe a book that you were reading and you left out on the picnic table, what would you want to take out with you to find it? Anybody? A light. That's right. Do you need a light if it's if you're asleep? That's not a good question to ask small children, is it? 
or asked me at one point in my life. No, we don't need light because we're asleep. So if we're awake, we like to have light. Either we like it to be light outside or we like to have a flashlight so we can see. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, a flashlight helps us to see. It helps us to see if there's hole in the yard we might step in, or a branch that fell out of the tree that we would trip on if we're going to look for our object. And a light is a lot like knowing God. As we read the Bible, as we pray, as we seek to know God, then we can see what is wrong and what is right. We can know what is pleasing to God and what will keep us from sin. Light, being awake. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. This is a passage that is full of contrast. The contrast you can think of as asleep or awake. There's at least eight times that the, the word but is used, symbolizing a change or the opposite. I'd like to read the first 21 verses of Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving a thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The passage gives a very clear depiction of someone who is asleep versus someone who is awake spiritually. There's a lot of sin mentioned, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, versus giving of thanks, of walking in light, reproving evil, redeeming the time, being wise, being filled with the Spirit. One of those things, one, one of those lists happens when we're asleep and one happens when we're awake. We're spiritually in tune with God. If you consider, though, that we can act pretty good and not be awake, think, uh, turn with me to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 21, and preach with me of what I said of sleepwalking, okay? Sleepwalking being, doing the motions of being awake, but not being awake. I heard of someone in my, my youth that he was sleepwalking and, and bent a piece of metal on a, a toy fairly severely and yet didn't know it had happened. Uh, it was doing motions of work, but he was not with Understanding and awake. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. That sounds like doing the will of God, does it not? Sounds like being awake. Casting out devils. Prophesying. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. But knowing that analogy of sleepwalking, as the person that's there, they think they're following, they think they're doing, perhaps they're going through motions of righteousness. They're a good person, but not awake to God. Which of these lists are you in? But not only that, what is your true being if you are walking as righteous? If you're walking by faith, I, I, I had a question. So I was thinking over the day yesterday, and, and this passage here, as we walk in the light, we should... As we're in the light and walking in the light, our life should show it. And it takes an effort. And I don't know if any of you would care to share of, of something you did yesterday or, or even thought yesterday specifically 
because of your faith, because of your love for the Lord, something that, that changed the way you were thinking about something and you went, oh, that's not the way Christ would have me to think about this. Is there something you did specifically because Jesus would have me do this? Now, we don't think about those things all the time. We live. We, we try to be who we are. But anyone care to share anything that you did or thought specifically that, that you made a choice to be a child of light? You chose to exercise forbearance mentally to give, to give and not judge. That's what you're, you're saying basically. So if someone else has a weakness, realize you also have a weakness and not, not lifting yourself up. Anyone else? You know, I think it's it's good if we think about these things, not so that we have something to pat ourselves on the back about, but to say, wait a minute, it, am I am I fulfilling my my calling and my desire to walk as I ought? Anyone else? God can bring our thoughts back into control and, and having that desire. How God can do that. And I'll just share one thing. Yesterday, last evening, I, I was supposed to be home for supper, but I, the neighbor wanted some corn, so I took him some corn, and then I turned the other way out of the driveway to take someone else something, and it was a conscious choice to go do it, but I wanted to show them love. And it, it, it's just these things we need to think. We need to, to be exercising ourselves to being fruitful. I think the message here last Sunday, I wasn't here, but I'm just going to talk about truthfulness, and that's some of the things that we make these decisions and choices that we do things that we we are fruitful for God as children of light that are awake Romans chapter 13 as we think about this call to be awake spiritually awake Romans 13 verse 11 says and that 
knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk earnestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Awake. It changes what you do. So there's a call to be spiritually awake. We're going to look also at the call to watch. Similar, but that's staying awake. In 1 Peter 4, verse 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. The attitude of watching is the opposite of that of drowsiness. Being sober and watching. 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm going to break in at verse 5. It says, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Let us, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Does that wake or sleep? It means live or die. That whatever we do, our lives would be pleasing to God. God does not want us to experience judgment, to experience salvation. And we need to be watching and sober because things come into our lives that can, can draw us away, that can cool us down, that can put shadows and cause us to not see. Luke 21, verse 34 through 36. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare it shall come to all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. You know, surely we would never be caught carousing or drunk. But what about wrapped up in busyness and worry? And those are things that can, can cause us to sleep and lose focus as well. Perhaps, as you said there in Romans 13, we make provision for the flesh. We allow ourselves a little bit of of uh, time to relax when we should not spiritually you know several months ago i was to have part in a memorial service here on sunday afternoon and after lunch i had a few minutes before i needed to come back and i usually can take a short nap in the afternoon during the day i'll be out mowing hay and i'll get too sleepy to drive and i'll stop and i'll put my head down and usually for five minutes and wake back up and go on and this day I wasn't in a very good position and I didn't think I'd even sleep but I woke up an hour later 
and it was five minutes before I was supposed to be having part. A bit humiliating. A bit of sleeping at the wrong time. But perhaps that brings out the idea of that verse there of making provision for the flesh. We allow ourselves to sleep a little bit, thinking it's not going to hurt, it's not going to matter, it's not going to be long. We're going to let ourselves take in something, read something, listen to something that we really shouldn't. And it can have a lot of effects, negative effects. We are called to watch. Mark chapter 13, there's a final passage here. They're likely a parallel passage to Luke 21, but it says in verse 32, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. For what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. That is the message for all of us, to be watchful. And too often I fear that we can, we think we can just take that quick spiritual snooze, and we forget to walk. We forget to pray. We forget to, to be in tune with God, to be growing in our knowledge and faithful in the knowledge of God that we have. And it may have detrimental consequences. The devil would like to keep us ensnared in sin. Keep us drowsy, to keep us sleeping. The drunk sleeps so that the reality of his troubles will go away. But that never brings the truth to bear. The answer is not sleeping, but awaking to righteousness and the knowledge of God. So, as we think about these things of sleep, thinking about sweet sleep, may you rest in the care of God, and may your sleep be sleep. It's a wonderful blessing. But may your spirit ever be awake, and may we be sober. May we be, may we be living out the life of the children of light, as there in, in Ephesians five, growing in the knowledge of God, and, and watching and waiting for the return of our bridegroom.